Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app by podcast or on 96FM.ie. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The attack on all your senses from minute one. It was incredible. Don't just hand over this life. Educate yourself. I would welcome anything that would help to protect the children further. You know. The same spiel we get from them. Very little respect. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. excluding that to 200 euro inclusive of VAT. This is a one-off measure to assist all households with their energy bills and will be applied in the March-April billing cycle. We've also decided to make a one-off payment of 125 euro to recipients of the fuel allowance. The working family payment uh, is a tax-free payment made to lower-income families with children. We're bringing forward a planned increase of 10 euro in the weekly threshold uh, announced on budget day. Decided to reduce the threshold for the drugs payment scheme from €100 monthly to €80 monthly, providing a discount of 20% on PSO public transport fares uh, to the end of the current year. Those are the measures brought in last evening by the government on top of what they had already brought in in the budget, and credit must be given for that. So a total of maybe... Half a billion and over a billion in total if you take in the budget measures. Everybody in the country now getting 200 euro off their energy bills, which is probably, if you take the VAT off that, probably about 160 off their energy bills. The price of public transport to go down. Uh, your leap card journey in the city will probably cost you about 135 now rather than the 168 that it presently costs. And a few things like that. Not, you know, it, it, are they tinkering around the edges or have they made a genuine contribution to helping people through these difficult times in terms of cost of living? Is he there? Uh, Fiona, we'll, we'll go and see. Minister Michael McGrath, I'm good here, morning. PJ. 
Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, PJ. And thank you for being with us on the opinion line. We watched it with interest last night, Michael. Uh, There's a lot in there, but but I put it to you with regard to the energy situation and the 200 euro rebate, which I think will be welcomed, to be fair. But in Belgium, they've cut energy taxes. In Italy, they've cut the VAT on gas. In the Netherlands, in Poland and Spain, they've all directly cut taxes on fuel. Why didn't we do that here? Good morning, PJ. Yeah, that option was looked at and it is complicated, but Ireland already has a derogation under EU rules. We apply a 13.5% rate of VAT on energy bills. Most other countries apply uh, a standard rate, which would be much higher. And the only opportunity open to Ireland to reduce the VAT bill would have been a reduction to 12%. Mm. If we had gone below 12%, which is what you would need to do to make a a meaningful difference, we'd have lost our derogation uh, to go back up to 13.5% and we'd have had to go up to 23%. Uh, That is the advice that we received and uh, the Department of Finance and my colleague Pascal Dunn, who would have examined this issue and unfortunately... Doesn't seem to bother the Belgians or the Italians or the Dutch or the Poles or the Spanish, Michael. So it depends on what their uh, position was with VAT when the EU VAT directive came in and whether or not they they have a derogation. But if their normal rate is, let's say, the standard rate, then they could reduce it now uh, and then ultimately go back up to the standard rate. We already apply a lower rate of VAT on energy, energy bills. So if we were to reduce it further, we couldn't go back to that rate we'd have to go back to the standard rate of 23%. So uh, I'm trying to explain it as simply as I can, but that is uh, the position that the government faced in relation to VAT. Are we the only only ones in the 27 and 28 member states that have such a derogation? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, I don't have a country-by-country breakdown, uh, but uh, that that is certainly our position. I examined it myself again during the week, even though it is it is an issue for, for the Department of Finance as opposed to my own department. But uh, I read the briefing notes and, and questioned um, uh, the points made, and that was the uh, the position. Uh, so that, that, that tool or that kind of option was, was not available to government. Mm. So we decided to go with the... Um, the reduction in the electricity bills, uh, the cash saving will be €200. Euro. Um, I know you mentioned the VAT there, so it's €200 euro including VAT and it will apply in the March-April billing cycle, mm-hmm. so depending on when people get their bill from their sure. from their service provider. And it, I know it, we're criticizing This is a question that has come in many times since the first uh, idea of this was yeah. mooted before Christmas. What happens to someone who pays as they go with a prepay meter? Will they benefit from this? They will, yes. Uh, it is applied to the prepay credit as well. That's an issue Eamon Ryan spoke about at the Cabinet and he said that they had identified a way of dealing with that, that uh, the credit uh, will be applied to uh, persons who pay their bill using a prepay system as well. So, mm. you know, I'm satisfied that that will be done. The, the fact that this also applies to holiday homes and that the wealthiest in our country will benefit from it, just like people who struggle from day to day, from meal to meal. Is that fair? I understand that point of view, uh, but the government had to make uh, decisions that we could implement quickly. We can implement this quickly. Uh, I think it's also worth saying that it is alongside other measures that we brought in in the budget and announced yesterday, some of which are very targeted 
at people most in need uh, and most at risk of fuel poverty uh, and so on. And I would also just make the point that there are a lot of people who are working who are above uh, the you know income eligibility for social welfare, but who are struggling too. And people on might seem like decent wages, um, but might have high mortgage costs, high childcare costs. And I think they deserve some support as well. Mm. You would go to an awful lot of trouble and an awful lot of time would be spent in seeking to, to carve out or exclude, you know, let's say the, 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 the highest earners. And we took the view that this needs to be done quickly, as mm. in within weeks. And uh, so it's not perfect, but it is. Uh, it is it is going to be effective at transmitting uh, the benefit uh, to people uh, within a short period of time. The public transport reduction is welcome. For example, I was just calculating it. Your average leap card journey in the city will now be about one one thirty five, one forty, as opposed to one sixty eight, which is a valid point. But someone who doesn't have any public transport uh, near them. Sure, it's it's of no use to them. But what would have worked is the 98 cent on average that the government takes out of every litre of petrol and diesel. Why not address that? Well, uh, first of all, I think that the reduction in the public transport fares is a big move. You know, 20% is uh, a sizable reduction. and It uh, is, uh, but if you can't get a bus or a train, it's of no um, use to you. Uh, there are many people that. listening to me right yeah. now that get a bus maybe once a day, twice a day at most. They can't get home of an evening. That's it's it's nice, but it's of no use to them. But what would have happened, what would have helped, is if you, you knocked even twenty cents of that ninety-eight cents you take from every gallon of petrol or every liter of petrol. If you knock that off, that would have helped people. Yeah, and I, I know that the issue of, of carbon tax and the taxes applied to fuel is one that's raised uh, regularly. I think it's important to explain what we do with that money. I mean, of the carbon tax receipts this year, over €400 million Euro of it mm. uh, is ring-fenced. Yeah, but carbon tax is only a small portion of that $0.98, cents, remember? Uh, it, it, it's, it's part of it, yeah, but I just want to explain because it's the new part and it's the part that, you know, does annoy some people, and I, I accept that. But like, where it's going is to fund the home energy grant improvements that were announced during the week, which are really serious improvements, up to eighty percent. No, 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 no. We know, now. we know that 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 the increase that's in the carbon going. tax in May is going to go to that, and that's very welcome. But what I'm saying is the existing ninety-eight cents on and uh, in taxes on a liter of petrol or diesel. You could have done something with that to make up to people who don't have access to public transport. Yeah, but I, I think you, you have to look at all the measures in the round. You can pick an individual measure and say that that doesn't apply to me. I don't benefit from that. And that that is the case. And it's the same with any measure that you target. There'll always be someone who falls on the wrong side of the eligibility or who will say, I don't use that service. And mm. that's why we took the view that there had to be a universal element to the package uh, yesterday. And so the centrepiece of it is the €200 Euro reduction in the electricity bill. It's not going to change the world for people, PJ. I know that. Uh, I'm in touch with people every day mm. and I know that a lot of people are really struggling. I do want to make the point that and I've listened to some very hard stories over the course of this week on, on you know, uh, radio shows and so on. People saying that they're, they won't turn on the heating, they're sitting in the cold. I've heard lone parents speak about having to decide between buying food for their children or putting on the heating. Mm-hmm. 
nobody should have to face. There's not a lot in here for them. No, but I I know, but I just want to say we have a safety net within the social welfare system and it's called uh, the exception needs payment uh, through the community welfare officers. Like last year, about 55,000 payments were issued, an average of about 770. If people are genuinely struggling and they need assistance, please do reach out. And we have asked uh, that the community welfare officers would be as sympathetic as they possibly can. They will exercise their discretion, will treat people, you know, absolutely confidentially, that goes without saying, and discreetly. And there is no need for people to face that choice between food and turning on the heating. And, you know, we we, we, we don't live in a country where that is a choice that people should have to make. Uh, well, unfortunately, it's a choice they are making. It's a choice that listeners to this programme tell me they're making every week. Maybe not all the time, but maybe why. on Wednesday, when you're that's waiting for your payment on Thursday, you decide do you yeah. eat or eat? It's happening, Minister. I know, and that's why I'm highlighting the service that is there. Because, uh, you know, I, I I spoke to Heather Humphreys yesterday. Uh, we got the information about, you know, these payments. Uh, and we're not seeing an increase in the number of people looking for them, which is surprising. You know, it's a support that's there. It's a safety net. And I know that people may be reluctant or they may have had a bad experience in the past. But if you're genuinely facing that situation uh, that we described there, then please do reach out for help to the state. Uh, And as I say, the community welfare officers will examine each case individually and they have discretion to make support payments to people, including for uh, energy bills. Okay. Over the last couple of weeks, and particularly the last few days, I have spoken to to mothers, uh, to Samantha, to Melissa, to Emma, three mothers in particular, yep. who were all struggling and were in tears on the phone because they can't find a okay. decent place to rent. They're living in con- deplorable conditions, damp, no heating, rats, you know, sharing one room with their two children sleeping on an air mattress. Like, there's nothing in this for them. Like... Caps on rent increases. Rent is going up and up and up. It's growing like the grass. Yeah. And there's nothing in it for them. Yeah. And I I think, and I didn't hear those individual stories, PJ, and I'm sorry to hear that that is what they are living with and experiencing at the moment. And I absolutely accept that there is a chronic shortage of rental accommodation at the moment. Uh, We believe that the answer to that is to to build more homes and to improve supply Mm. of all kinds. Or maybe open up the ones that are boarded up. Yeah, and we have provided uh, a lot of resources uh, to turn those around and to get them uh, back into use. And there has been, in fairness to Cork City Council, they've made huge progress in in uh, tackling the void voids, as they call them, um, uh, boarded up council houses. There'll always be some turnaround time, but certainly the information that I have is uh, that they have managed to turn around uh, a huge number of them. And they have an extensive uh, public housing uh, program underway at the moment, uh, including uh, cost rental, some affordable housing, uh, but primarily social housing. And like we are providing a record amount of money now to the councils, to the approved housing bodies, mm. uh, to build those homes that people need. And we did lose, unfortunately, about four months last year with COVID, and that impact impacted on supply overall. Now, to be but fair, the these these people were waiting and struggling pre-COVID. Like the woman whose house is that. infested with rats yeah. is there with five years. Years. She got approved for a transfer over a year ago. She's got an autistic child. She's got all sorts of problems. And she's just sitting there looking yeah. at houses across the road, looking at houses across the road being refurbished, and she can't get anywhere near them. 
Yeah, and look, it is it is a, a, a real priority for us to, to try and make inroads on those waiting lists. And uh, I got a presentation from the City Council there recently, and it is undeniable that the scale of activity in house building, uh, social housing uh, and so on uh, is really increasing. And uh, it's good to see the money that is being provided is being used. Uh, and I want to commend uh, all of the councillors and the officials. They are delivering. And there's a lot more needs to be done. But I think there is now more light at the end of the tunnel than there was before. And I do want to acknowledge all of that good work. We've more schemes underground now actually up and running than we've had for a very, very long time. Mm. Three years ago, says this message in, I, I took a job on minimum wage. I'm still on minimum wage. When I started my job it cost me 40 quid a week on petrol to get to and from work. Now it's costing me 60. Sure, am I a fool to stay working? Yeah, look, it, uh, it's undoubtedly tough for somebody who is on the minimum wage and who is but facing But you could costs. fix that, Minister. You could fix that. You could cut, on, cut back on the 98 cent that you take off every litre. Four words. You could fix that. Why don't you? Well, you you could possibly. No, uh, you could. There's no uh, possibly tax. about it, Michael. You could. You could fix that. Yeah, but we we, we are in a, a cycle at the moment and a phase of the cycle uh, that we we do think will pass. I mean, all of the the forecasts that we we are getting, independent forecasts. So you're saying the petrol prices are going to start coming down again? Because yes. you'd be the only one saying that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that specifically. I can't guarantee that, PJ. I cannot predict the future. Like right. This is driven by... So cut you know, that 98 cents temporarily. Prices. Do it until the end of the... Like you've done with the public transport. Do it until the end of the year. Get people through the hardest time. Cut. You, you see, this is the point. On the 98 cents out of every euro that a person puts into their car, you could cut it. You're just not doing it. Well, I mean, I think we have taken other measures and that's the point I would make to you. The other measures and, don't uh, matter to a person who, who who hasn't got public transport. You could, I'm thinking of someone in Kentuck. I'm thinking of someone in, in, out, oh, in Glenmire, in Watergrass Hill, whose public transport is a lot less than I have in Douglas, right? You yeah. could fix this for them with a stroke of a pen temporarily, even for six months. You could do it. Yeah. I, I suppose, PJ, it is important just to say that like we did have a budget deficit last year of almost €9 billion. Euro. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it is a reality that I face. You also had huge amounts come in on corporate tax. And we, we had we, big we headlines did, about we, that. We did, but we still had a deficit of almost €9 billion. Euro. Uh, we have spent over €30 billion euro in direct expenditure relating to covid on PUP, on wage subsidy schemes, on vaccines, mm -hmm. on testing and yeah. tracing, PCR testing, all of that. We have a national debt that is well over 230 billion euro. Uh, we have to use our judgment and we have to try to strike the right balance. Uh, we recognise that people do need extra help now and I think we are providing that. Uh, we're not able to do everything. We're not able to... Um, so you're protecting you know, the deficit the rather than dealing with what you say is a temporary oil spike, which, okay, you know what? The market kind of says that, but we don't know how how long is temporary. So are we you are you that. waiting for the temporary oil spike to, to level itself out because these things usually do eventually? Or are you protecting the deficit? Like, which is more important to you, Michael McGrath? The deficit in the books 
or the fact that people can't afford to drive to work? Which is more important to you? Uh, well, PJ, people will always be first and uh, the needs of the people we represent will always be our number one priority. Uh, but you do also have to have regard to the reality because uh, the more borrowing you take on, then the more interest you have to pay, uh, the cost of servicing that uh, will increase over time. And that ultimately means you have to collect more taxes from people. So there is borrowing is practically free at the moment. The, well, yeah, and, and that will change mm-hmm. over the period ahead. Monetary policy is going to change um, in response to the inflationary cycle that we're, that we're experiencing at the moment. But I'm just making that point that it is something we have to consider because mm-hmm. it will ultimately translate into us collecting more money from people by way of taxes. And nobody you're wants doing that, that anyway. You're doing nobody that anyway at the off. petrol pump because the, the 98 cent out of every euro. And I looked at a chart yesterday and we're not exactly low down that chart in terms of how much we take. Like, we are, we take among the highest tax takes in the EU on petrol and diesel. Uh, we, we do, uh, that is correct. And uh, we recognise that that is a burden for people and uh, that is why we've brought in these measures in addition to the budget. I mean, this is a half a billion euro of measures that will support people and I think will make some difference. It's not going to fully resolve uh, no. the, the challenges that but people do are you, Do you accept that if you'd taken a few quid off the petrol and diesel, you'd probably actually have helped more people than a cut in the cost of public transport because public transport is great in a city or a big town, but it's not so great in a rural area whereas cutting the petrol and diesel would have helped people in rural areas. Yeah, I mean, but there, there, there is a policy context. Like, Michael, I'd, well. I'd have happily... I mean, we I'd, do look, want... Hang on. The cheaper, my cheaper trip on a leap card is welcome. Thank you. I, 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 well, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I'm thinking in terms of the fella out in North Cork who needs to go to work. And the couple of pence that I save on my leap card would be much better spent on reducing his fuel bill to get to work. Yeah, well, I mean, the amount of money involved in reducing the fares by 20%, it's, you know, it's over 50 million euro for the rest of this year. Yeah. Um, that would not make a, a significant difference in relation to the consumption of, of diesel and petrol all over the country, PJ. You know, the, the scale is of a different magnitude uh, to make a meaningful no, but difference for the there. Person who's, the, cost the petrol, be, who, per, person who's petrol to get to work has gone from 40 to 60 euro. It would help that person. It would help that person uh, and it would help a lot of people for sure. Uh, it would be at a very high cost that would be far, far in excess of the cost of the change on public transport. And like we do want ultimately, and I acknowledge that there isn't a public transport service at everyone's door, but we are in a situation now where the amount of people using the public transport system is about 60, 65% of the level it was at uh, before mm-hmm. COVID. And we do want to get that back up. Yeah. And like ultimately it is, it is the more sustainable way of traveling uh, in the long term for people uh, that can use it. And I accept mm-hmm. it's not an option for everyone. And you gave a number of examples like that. How much pressure did the Greens put on you to keep the tax on petrol and diesel as it is? Look, we, as a government, we 
make these decisions collectively. And uh, these decisions were made yesterday by, yeah. by the Cabinet Committee. Yeah. The Taoiseach yeah. was present yeah. to tarnish the Minister Donoghue, myself, Minister Ryan, yeah. Minister Martin and Minister Humphreys. Um, and look... But did you have resistance from the You wouldn't expect me to go into the... the de- no, no. Sorry? Would you have, you'd, have, you'd have faced huge resistance from the Green Party if you went to cut those taxes because at one stage it was mooted that maybe motor tax might be cut for the rest of the year and, and they weren't having that. No, say, I mean, we do want we do want to encourage people where possible to use public transport and we make no apologies for that. I mean, we are Great, if they have it. crisis. If they have it, brilliant. Yeah, and, and, and it's being extended. And I don't need to tell you about the... Uh, the plans that are uh, being implemented, the Cork Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy, the new suburban light rail investment that is being made yeah. uh, from Mallow to the city, the double tracking, the increasing yeah. capacity, moving yeah. to 10-minute frequency yeah. to yeah. Cove. Yeah. But to no, no, none, none of that is happening today when people are struggling. That's not happening today yeah. when people are struggling. That's not the, happening next month when people are struggling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, They're but, all pointing the sky to people seen, who are struggling. Well, we, we have seen uh, real improvements in uh, in bus services. You know, I live in Cargilline, uh, the 220. It's uh, brilliant. I've said it a hundred times. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. But every area should have yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the government's plan is to extend the coverage uh, of our public transport. There's a bus connects plan for Cork uh, you'd be familiar with. Yeah. They've had a couple of rounds of public consultation. There are, you know, some elements of it are controversial, but that will be implemented. Yeah, I've seen the map. It's, it's, a great, it's a great idea, but it, it, it ain't yeah. happening soon. One question on the public transport reduction. Will that apply to local link? Uh, yes. So all... PSO, that's public service obligation levy, mm-hmm. uh, supported routes, public transport routes. So the only so like the Cove Connect bus, like for example, does that? Yeah, if it if it is if it is a PSO service, which I believe Local Link uh, is in the main, then it will benefit from the reduction. The only services that that it won't apply to are are. Um, fully commercial private services uh, and certain I think there, there may be some bus airing services that are commercial in nature that are not PSO some of the, the perhaps uh, uh, intercity and so on like that but but the vast vast majority of trans- public transport services that people use um, will will have the benefit of this reduction. Come back to the 200 euro in in um, in energy reduction of, of the cut off the energy bill or the credit whatever Social Justice Ireland has just said this morning it's not really uh, being doubled because VAT has taken into account I think we did we did come across that but what will you do with your 200 quid by the way will it be paid to people or will it just be cut off the bill it comes off the bill uh, so uh, it is 200 euro that, that does include VAT um, so they are correct to say it's not doubled because what had previously been announced was €100 Euro excluding VAT. So that was €113.50 Euro uh, for each household. This is €200 Euro for each household, including VAT. And we've been very upfront and clear about that. That's the benefit, uh, €200. Euro. Mm. Um, I will be making a donation of €200 Euro to St. Vincent de Paul. I'm happy to do that because I I don't need the 200 euro, um, but it's not for me to suggest to anybody else what they do. Of the course not, Michael, and, and that's a fair and that's a very fair point. I heard you make that point on national radio this morning. See, there are people out there, and again, look, you know, we'd be lucky enough in 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 my house to be able to sustain for a while at least the higher yeah. energy bills. You know, but like, and it's it's good of you to say, but in a way, if you. 
there must have been a better way than to... I mean, there'd be holiday homes, for example. Again, you're coming back. The uni- you're saying the universality of it was the quickest way to do it. Definitely, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, plus the fact, PJ, that we don't know the full circumstances uh, that people are facing. You know, somebody might appear to have a good job and a good income. They could have a massive mortgage. They could have big, big childcare bills. Uh, mm-hmm. And they too could be struggling. So, like, the, the targeting is important. And the fuel allowance measure, €125, Euro, that will be paid in a lump sum in the first half of March. Yeah. And that's going to those that really, really need it. And that's the cash going to them in the next few weeks. But, uh, like, whenever whenever you... you, you target every measure you'll always have people then that are just on the wrong side of it mm. and at least with this one it is universal does that mean that some people who don't don't need it are getting it uh, it does but the ability to do this quickly uh, is important and uh, people will see the benefit of this in a short period of time you could spend months trying to design a system that excluded uh, a relatively small number of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm not making anything about what I'm doing personally. I was asked a direct question and I answered it. Yes. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it, I, I just think that that it will make a difference for people and um, we just need to get on with it now and, and get it um, paid across. Yeah, come back to the pay-as-you-go systems because people are asking me that. The pay-as-you-go meter that you put the, the credit into, how is that going to work so I don't have the exact specifics, but I would assume that it has its own uh, NPRN number and therefore it will be applied to uh, to that account, to that NPRN number account. Okay. But I don't I don't have the precise specifics, PJ. I don't want to mislead right. people, but I do know that Eamon Ryan has confirmed uh, that it will be applied to prepay right. electricity customers. So what, what so. And, and again, this is your assumption, we accept that, that the, the, yeah. the prepay meter that a person uses in the hallway that they put money into, you're... And it, open to tariffication, obviously, but your your understanding is that the the credit, the two hundred euro, will be put onto the meter number. So effectively, it'll be like getting two hundred euro credit or one hundred and something credit exactly. after that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Now they will definitely get it. We have uh, we have okay. confirmed that. Uh, that's my understanding of how it will work in practice. But okay. no, we know a growing number of people use pre prepay electricity, and obviously yeah. they can't be excluded. Okay. Many of them are the, are, sure. are the most in need. How, how how long is all this going to last for? My, lastly, how long is it all going to last for? How long before things start to rectify themselves? I mean, apart from being being a, a minister, you yourself are, a, are an accountant and financial analyst who has an eye on the world yeah. markets, like I would have an eye on on the French and Irish match tomorrow. So how long is it going to last realistically? We don't know for sure, but uh, it is it is our view and the, the advice that we are getting uh, is that it will ease uh, in the coming months, but it could last for uh, a number of months yet. It could be from perhaps the midpoint of the year, which you know could be June uh, onwards, that it might it might ease. So okay. we don't know for sure. Some of it depends on how you know things play out with the the the, the tensions in Eastern Europe and with Russia and so sure. on. Uh, that could be very destabilising uh, and uh, in relation to energy supply. Uh, but the, in the round, and I look like you, I do read um, a, a lot of material on this kind of thing and listen to, to experts. And the general view is that it will ease, but it is going to be higher for longer than people thought okay. a okay. short number of months ago. Kev, but, Kevin, you know, inflation... Yeah. 
Kevin has we'll probably average somewhere between three and four percent this year. Okay. The forecast in the budget was that it would be about two percent. It is going to be higher than was forecast in the budget. Okay, we just have to wait, try and, and wait it out as best we can. Well, Kevin uh, says that at least I give him credit for fronting up to be interviews, uh, interviewed. Others would bottle it, and and we appreciate your time, Minister, and the fact that you no problem, you took so you, you you took some fairly rough questions off us. Um, no problem at all. Very very happy to have you on the program, and thank you for that, Michael McGrath. Minister for Public Expenditure. Where do we go, lads? Where do we go? He didn't really go there on cutting the price of petrol and diesel. And I still maintain, and if anyone wants to explain why he couldn't, please do. They could and they didn't. And that, I think, is the one that's standing out for most people. My several screens are full of why didn't he do the petrol and the diesel? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. And boost up the font there a small bit, Fergal, on the old comments. Uh, you know, <laughs> the eyesight isn't the best with me on a Friday. Uh, we all know why he didn't answer the question on pet tanks. Why he all, we all know why he didn't answer the question on petrol and diesel. It's because the Greens have him over a barrel in the doll and he's not allowed to say it. That a party that can't make things worse, too used to the politics of opposition and Fianna Fáil should train them in how the real world works. Uh, morning, you're amazing, PJ. I love the show. I'm a driving instructor. I spend €200 Euro every week on petrol. Someone could say driving instructors get paid well. I get around 650 a week. 200 goes on petrol. Then there's tax. My rent is €1,400. Euro. Then if I go over a certain annual income, I have to pay 23% of that. My partner drives 35 kilometres to work. Public transport is no good for us. I'm one of those people choosing between heating and eating. If they wanted to do something, they would have, says Anna. I have a travel pass because of my disability, but I do drive because it's easier to get about by car. But even though I get free travel, I don't use it. Cutting the fuel tax would have helped me more. The highest paid politicians in Europe on the back of 5 million people show leadership. Take a 30% pay cut. They're paid too much. 200 euro will buy a few bottles of wine for the barrister class. I live in Mizzen Head. What good is public transport cuts to me? 80 euro in diesel a week. Hi PJ, that shows how much you're out of touch with the poor people. They don't give a damn about making fuel more affordable. Shame on them. There's no bus service in Waterfall, just outside the city, in Mr McGrath's own constituency. And he plans to include this area in future transport plans. What good is 20% reduction there? Great interview, PJ. All your points so valid. The package isn't going to help anyone living in rural areas that don't get a fuel allowance. A reduction in the cost of diesel or petrol would have been great. Thanks, Michelle in Canturk. As usual, it's the rural people who get nothing of substance. The cities always seem so much more important. I have to travel from Tallow to Carrick Tool five days a week. No public transport. Cost me 60 or 70 euro a week. Cut the tax on fuel. Again, those metropolitan plans, no good for Canturk, Mill Street, 
Newmarket. We live two miles from Middleton. A bus never passes our door to get us to the train. There's so many people in this position. I know you've made the point, but the government are out of touch. They're clueless. I agree with you. Take tax or some tax off the petrol and the diesel. Pages of it and pages. PJ Diesel cost me €190 a week. €20 on the M8 toll. It's also gone up. I don't benefit from any of this, but I still have bills and a child, and I'm crippled from price of petrol and diesel. I work five days a week. I might as well go on the dole. I'm going to work for an extra 100 a week. Cut the fuel prices. I'll be grateful for the money off the ESB. It's money to pay for something else. I agree, though, there should be money off diesel and petrol. It's gone crazy. The bus fare decrease, pretty much useless for anyone living rurally who don't have bus routes or need, and need cars to go everywhere. And pages and pages and pages and pages. Michelle has called the opinion line. You're one of these people. You live in Buttevant, I think. Good morning. I, I do, PJ. Good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. And you work where? I work in Kenturk, which is, it's roughly about 20 minutes from, from Buttevant. Okay. And um, I travel it every day. And I just find that this package that they have announced, um, while it's good and it's great for those that will benefit from it, it's not going to benefit me. Yeah. Um, have you noticed my, your petrol bill or your <clears throat> diesel bill going up? Absolutely, yeah. Like what I used to, when, um, I suppose when I started working here first, I'm working here five years now, when I started working here, um, 20 euro would do me to come over and back to work um, every week. Mm-hmm. And I'd put 20 euro, and that's basically all I used my car for at the time. But now I'm 50, I'm between 50 and 60 euro for the week. <sighs> wow. Yeah, it's a big jump, and it's, um, it's hard, like, because I'm not a high end earner. I'm a, a basic, you know, I have my basic wage. Um, my husband works as well. Um, he has to, he depends on someone to take him to work because he works in Mallow, I work in Kentork and we start at different times. So, you know, we don't have um, the luxury, or I won't say luxury, but we don't have the service of a bus. We say he could take the car to Mallow and I could get a bus to Kentork, but that service isn't there either. Um, but... You know, with with the if I I feel myself that if they had decreased the cost of fuel, um, petrol and diesel, that it would have benefited us more. Mm. Um, we have childcare costs, um, and like I'm not in receipt of fuel allowance, so that extra money isn't going to make any difference to me. Um, I, I just don't see the nor the ordinary. We'll say, um, how would you put it, uh, the normal person, and I'm not, I don't want to come across as being um, ignorant or anything like mm-hmm. that now towards others. You're making but, your point, that's all you do, Michelle, keep going. Um, the, the ordinary working person that is on a basic wage, um, has childcare costs, has everything, you know, bog standard across the board, it's not going to do anything for them. Yes, it will help those that are on lower incomes, um, we'll say on social welfare or whatever. No, there was a time when we were on social welfare ourselves. So, you know, um, I've been down, I've been there too, and 
any benefit that they will get is is fantastic because they don't get a whole pile. Um, but we'll say for the ordinary bog standard person that's doing their nine to five job, mm. um, um, an ordinary wage, it's of absolutely no benefit to them. And I think the majority of the country is probably that's the wage that they're they're at. Those that are working, that's the wage level that they're at. So. I, I just don't see how it's going to to make mm. a huge difference. Okay. It's benefiting probably the wrong people. Okay, okay. Michelle, thank you very much. And uh, the, the cost of commuting to work. Like I drove to Dublin from Formoy last weekend. €112 Euro to fill the car with diesel. I filled it up straight away when I came home. €75. Euro. That's €75 Euro in diesel to drive to Dublin and back. That's unfair and unsustainable. Just fill the car, PJ. 88.9. 88 euro to fill the car in a 1.3 litre. My God. 88 euro 90 for a 1.3 litre car to fill it. Crikey. Yeah, the little runabout that I bring into work, it's only a little one litre cart of a thing. And that's gone up. I share it with my daughter. She takes it at the weekends. And between us, we're dropping we're dropping 40 quid into that car in the week. And I'd say six months ago, barely 30 between us. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause. And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light to shine in. Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary. Include us in your diary. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want I'll be there. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 26th to 28th. Only on Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818-969696. On Cork's 96 FM. Shows about real people living real lives, dealing with real problems. Tara, good morning. Hi, how are you, PJ? You're a... I'm very well, thanks. You're a working mum. Anything, yes. anything in that package for you last night? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> What's your own story? Uh, yeah, so I, um, I, I've had two babies and um, actually I suppose both maternity leaves kind of came with, um, you know, looking for childcare obviously after it and um, when I was working in retail, the, the hours were just all over the place, fully flex, as they say. Um, and it was impossible to find childcare for it back in 2019. Um, so I ended up going to an office job where it was nine to five and a bit more settled. But when it came to having to going back to maternity leave after my second child, uh, that now increased my childcare costs. Um, and that was actually going to be more than my mortgage. Wow. Um. So yeah, uh, the the cost of having two two children at childcare was just extortionate. 
Um, so we started looking for a childbinder, but with everything going on with COVID, um, obviously they have to stagger preschool times and school times. Um, it was just a mess to try and sort out um, regular childcare. And then also because any bit of a sniffle they're taken out of school, um, meant, you know, mommy was getting called out of the office more than she was in the office. Um, and it, it became a bit impossible to manage. And I looked for a reduction in hours. Um, and the best that they could really offer me was unpaid paternity leave. Right. Or parental, parental leave, leave, paternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, trying to trying to balance childcare and hours and the that's that. But that's the thank God my children are long gone from the childcare sector or ever needed to. Like, I don't know. It's the one thing I don't know how somebody with a couple of kids and a mortgage manages childcare. I really don't like. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're we're like on decent wages, but it was just kind of the thing where. We wouldn't have much left at the end of the, at the end of the paycheck um, just by paying the expenses and the grocery shopping. It didn't really make much sense to be putting them in to five days full childcare when they were being taken out two three days a week because of sniffles as well. Yeah, and you see, if you can't get them minded, you can't work, and if you don't That's work, it. you can't pay to get them minded, and it's a vicious circle. It's it's like That's literally it. one hand is taken from the other before you realise what you got anyway. Exactly. And it was, you know, coming to the stages where if they were kind of home with me, I was ending having to work in the evenings and I was almost getting sick myself then just from over fatigue and tiredness, you know, um, because the work still needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know how anybody does it. And I talk to the providers all the time and they're understaffed and they're 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 trying to deal with it. But it's just mad. It's just crazy. How old are the kids now, Tara? So I have a three-year-old and a 15-month-old. Bless and spare you. (laughs) Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, Thank you. It's Tara. Uh, Employ Flex, which is here in Cork, they say they've been inundated with calls from mothers who are now trying to go back to normal working hours and find childcare. If you can find it first and then try to pay for it. I don't know. I really don't. Megan says PJ is fighting the good fight with all those questions. Flexed biceps, <laughs> petrol and diesel cut would have been far more beneficial. PJ, they don't want to drop the price of fuel because they're trying to drive people towards buying electric vehicles as quick as they can. But these clowns are clueless. This country can't sustain people buying electric cars. Our grid can't cope with it. But because they've made a commitment to Europe, they have to at least try. It's going to backfire badly, though. Because as I said, our grid can't cope with that much power being drained at once. Padder says of Michael McGrath, he's living in a bubble, driven around in a state car, completely out of touch. Couldn't give you a straight answer. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes. Once you taste them, you'll be back for more. Now in store. Cork's 96 FM. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96fm.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. All right, I want your creative juices flowing on this one. This is our story today for our giveaway in association with Board Gosh Energy. 500 euro on this. So you can make developer jokes. You can make builder jokes. You can make planning jokes. You can do anything you want. Just give me a laugh. The story's in the papers today. Ireland is getting its first ever exclusive Lego store. An exclusive Lego shop. Great news for Lego fans. It's opening in Grafton Street in Dublin. I don't know when. But give me something about uh, builders, developers, politicians, whatever you like. And involve Lego. Okay, have some fun with that. The Lego shop, the first ever Lego shop in Ireland is opening in Grafton Street in Dublin. And the best headline of the day, and we got some humdingers during the week on various subjects, we'll get not a €350 Euro voucher from, from uh, One for All through Borgash Energy, 500 yo-yos. 500 quid. Imagine picking that up on a Friday. All right. So, first Lego shop in Ireland, opening in Dublin. Give us a laugh. 083 396 96 96. 083 396 96 96. Now, Maria Gillen, she's there on five. Thanks, Fee. Maria, you're, are you still heading off to Morocco? They haven't made it a virtual event. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, PJ. No, they haven't. And we were all holding our breath until the last minute to see would that happen. And we've been getting uh, phone calls and texts from our colleagues that are already arriving in Morocco since yesterday evening. So we'll be late to the table. (laughs) When when are you heading out? We're heading out on Sunday. So we're all lined up now for PCR tests. We have the rosaries being set around the island of Ireland to make sure we can get through. Fantastic. And um, yeah, and uh, then it starts for us on Sunday. Now, so it's a reason. storytelling festival. Now, I know you're involved with The Gab, which is a great storytelling group, and, and with the Yarn Spinners. So, this yeah. is an international storytelling festival. It is indeed. Um, I'm actually the storyteller in residence for uh, Kerry Reicher's Museum in Listowel, so John B. Keane Country. Um, and so I'm heading out from the south of Ireland and our lovely Orla McGovern from Galway was also uh, supposed to be representing the south. And then from the north, we have Colin Irwin and Eamon Keenan. Mm. And we're bringing a real mix of 
Irish traditional stories and, you know, stories that have been making themselves known during the COVID times as well, mm. you know. So. I grew up listening to Shanaki like, you know, Eamon Kelly, the great Shanachie, and there was a fella as well, uh, Brosnan was his name, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Or Lenehan, Eddie Lenehan from Brosnan. Eddie Lenehan, yeah, from, he's still going strong. Is he still know? going strong? Is the beard still as big as it was? It, it is indeed. I mean, and of course, we had the beautiful Eilish Debarra. We need to say yes, her name up there. Yes. From br- the telling yeah. of a story, it, it's, it's a gift. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I've been finding out, PJ, is that there's a story in every Cork person. Yeah. Um, I, I've been collecting the old um, St. Bridget's Day stuff all around Cork City, and it's been it's just amazing. Uh, the, the old sayings that drop from the tongue, uh, things like, um, sure, what about it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a story behind all of them. Behind all of them. How, did, great how did you get into it, Maria? Uh, my mum, who was born in the shadow of Shandon and from Granabraher, um, I grew up listening to her stories. And as soon as we could talk, we would be telling stories to the younger ones that were coming uh, behind us. And then I was uh, in my corporate life for 22 years. And uh, the thing that distinguished us from any other culture was the session. So no matter where I went in Europe as European ops manager, people would say, you start the session, you're the Irish person, you know. So um, so I became interested in that. And then I did my master's in um, drama therapy in Minute right. with an emphasis on storytelling. So, you know, um, and I, I just love it. I love the lift it gives to people. Mm. Is, there, is there something about the Cork accent, Maria, that lend, the, the true Cork accent that lends yeah. itself to storytelling. Absolutely, and also the Irish language. So I've been learning about on Ciodriachta, the magic mists, Ciodriachta Corky, the magic mists of Cork. And I've been telling those stories in the likes of Texas and Canada during this time. So we've been bringing them across the sea. And the amount of outpouring and letters that have come back, um, you know, because we, we are keeping the archive of storytelling. We've started an archive in Kerry Reiter's museum, and people are saying, oh, my God, I'm so lonesome for Ireland, and I feel so connected to, to through the stories, mm. and please keep this going even after after this phase of our lives is over, because... The silver lining to the COVID cloud has that our storytelling has gone out and storytelling has gone stratospheric mm. during these crazy times, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. You, you, not only do you tell and, and keep the old stories alive, but you, you, you've written some new ones as well about, for example, the Banshee. You reckon the Banshee gets a, gets a bad rap? I do. <laughs> you you got to fit us in here, Maria. Banshee, you you hear her, you run a mile. Someone's going to die. <laughs> That's it, you know. And myself and Eddie Lane, I know we're probably cross swords on this one. But uh, J.K. Rowling killed off the Banshee of Bandit in the second book of what, Harry stop. Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remind, so, remind me of that one again now. The Banshee exactly. of Bandit. Yeah, Gildroy Lockhart claimed to have killed her, right? So uh-huh. I've been going around to the, the schools, particularly um, in Cork. Hello, St. Joseph's in Glanmire. That was the last one I was in. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they and telling them that you know kind of people outside Ireland might be afraid of the one worded ban she but here we know that ban is woman and she is fairy so she's just the fairy woman the bridge between worlds and Bandon approached me and they said can you um, make sure that this isn't the end of our banshee? So, because they have a banshee festival. So I wrote a story and a song, and my one of my happiest moments um, in, the, in 2021 was walking into St. Joseph's and the kids singing that song oh. to me, you know, and you're kind of going, oh my God, storytelling has power. You know, yes. so yeah. you you t- you twisted, if you want, the narrative on her too, and you made her the protector rather than the one who foretells death. Yeah, well, that's actually if you go back into Irish culture, you will see that you know, kind of, we didn't always have telephones, we didn't always have a great mail service, but we always had an awful lot of emigration. And back in the day, when people wanted to make sure that they were prayed into heaven. How would that happen if you couldn't let your people know to pray for you? So the old Celtic tradition is you die twice, once when you leave your body, and the second when you leave the lips for the last time of the heart that has loved you, you know? So the Banshee had a function, and her function was to let the people know so that the prayers could be said. You know, so and we forget that. You know, so she was she was like a, an early newsreader of her time in a way. Have you? So, will you, are you taking a particular story that you've honed, if you want, and practiced to Marrakesh? Is that how it works? I, I'm bringing a number of of Cork story stories with me because I'm the Cork storyteller. You know, and I, and I love my own corner of the world. Um, so I'll be bringing things like Anchodrieta, the Fia Bon, the, the white uh, deer. Um, all of these are available up on Story Seeds on the, on the YouTube channel. Brilliant. Um, and Kerry Reuters Museum. Um, but also I uh, told stories for Smallies, Sunday, uh, Sunday morning sessions for Smallies from Crawford and Company so delighted that they're back, you know. Mm. And so I have smally stories like the fairies of Fitzgerald uh, Field and Grumpy Gobs, what a cork fairy, you know, <laughs> um, to, be, to be telling out there. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Just speaking of Crawford and Company and it being the um, anniversary year of Ulysses and James Joyce. Jeez, of course. Do you know what the boys found in their in in the back at the back of the jacks in in Crawford and Company during during um, uh, COVID? Go on, tell me. Here's the storyteller in me now, like you know, um, they knew that there was a little cottage there, so they took the t- the downtime to put a lump hammer through the wall, and they found an old cottage. It's beautiful, red bricked. And they sat me in that cottage with a creamy pint of Beamish and they told me that James Joyce's grandfather was born in that corner. So you can go down and see it. So we in Cork are responsible for the Joyce madness. <laughs> You're going to rock their socks in Marrakesh. Oh, i tell you, you know, I can't wait. Um, just to let you know as well, PBS from America arrived over and followed me through Cork. And they were mesmerised. They they did four counties in Ireland, which went out up to 30 million. It boggles the mind because the PBS is like the RTE of of um, 
of America. Oh yeah, you know? I was only talking to Michael Londra a couple of weeks ago from the Ireland with Michael television show and he was saying like the size of it on PBS, we just don't get the size of it, it's enormous. It's just enormous. But as we were going through Cork, you know, people were seeing me with this fine-looking man from um, the Celtic Thunder, the the singers, you know, mm-hmm. a lovely man actually from from um, up in the middle of Ireland. And he um, and everybody was like, hello, how are you? And he was saying, do you know everyone? And I said, no, but if you want to ask Cork people about their own town, mm-hmm. you'll have no shortage of people telling you stuff. And one last thing on when they came... Annie Moore from Ireland left from Shandon Street. Yes. And Myra Sullivan showed me where her cottage was. And I brought him up there and he was blown away because one of the songs he's famous for is Annie Moore from Ireland. So, you know, so all the threads of stories uh, that weave their way through the Cox, you know, Cox City streets is just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Good luck and have a safe journey and a great trip. Maria Gillen uh, heading off to Marrakesh to the international storytelling event this weekend. Brilliant. Good luck with that. Nice to lighten things up after a heavy first hour. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. That is, I, t- I mentioned this last week when someone texted us about it. It happened to me, uh, and eventually I just blocked all their numbers or all the numbers they were coming through on. There is an Amazon Prime scam where your phone rings and it comes from a, an, 80, an 085 number and it's looking for payment for a service. Now, this happened to me a couple of times last year. They were looking for, oh, I don't know, 79 quid, I think, uh, for something I hadn't bought at all. But moreover, Amazon don't have my home number. Nobody has my home number. Not even the gang here, I don't think. I think Fergal might have it buried deep in his phone. Nobody has my home number. And half of Ireland has my mobile number. That's how it goes. But nobody has my home number. Yet Amazon claimed to have my home number. Uh, So don't pay hang up and change your password for Amazon Prime. But there is a scam out there trying to take money off you. Uh, um, They say it's Amazon Prime. Loads of stuff coming in on the cost. uh, Cost of living. PJ, the sooner the Green Party is removed from government, the better. They'll inflict more on people while holding Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil to ransom. If they reduce the fuel costs, then the knock-on effects would be transport costs going down, so the cost of food would reduce, so it would benefit everyone. Hi PJ, can't they give something to families every month? A one-off payment won't cut it, like put up the children's allowance or something. Hi PJ, three of us work in our household. There's no viable public transport in our area. It's costing us an average €900 a month on fuel just to go to work. Wow. Totally ridiculous. Love the show, says Paddy, listening in County Tipperary. My partner's a nurse working in Mallow. We live in East Cork. One wage family, three teenagers, only one child benefit, as two are 18. Can't even afford to get a car that locks properly. With no TV, no going out, no so basic. We're crippled by costs. How is it fair? I'm a widow. This is an email to opinion at 96fm.ie. I'm a widow. My youngest child 
is 15, doing her junior cert exam at the moment, which I had to pay for. I was on widow's pension, but had to go on disability due to a lot of underlying illness. I have a payment of €256 a week for both of us. I've got to pay €83 to the council for rent. I don't get fuel allowance because my daughter works and she lives with me, so she's classed as a main earner, but she does give me money, but also we have a monthly bill of €125, which I just can't afford. I have nothing left after I pay ESB, gas, bins and a small shop for food. I don't even buy anything I like shopping. I just go without myself so they have enough. I think it's so unfair of government to put out that I'm not entitled to the fuel allowance because my daughter is the main earner. It's the same with council rent. It's a disgrace trying to keep your head above water, putting a child through school and exams. 0818. 96, 96, 96, your comments just keep coming in. On our board, gosh, competition. So, looking for your headline and make it a good one today. You've been brilliant all week. You've had some crackers all week. Uh, The Lego shop, Ireland's first Lego shop, opening in Grafton Street in Dublin. And anything you want to do about building and development and politicians and planning permission, have fun with it. Half fun. <laughs> PJ, give, give the Lego shop the contract to build the event centre. Oh, don't go there now. Don't go there. We just the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. In the latest radio ratings, we've hit the jackpot. <laughs> Cork's 96FM's numbers are so impressive. We're cashing out so you can cash in. Cash in. 226,000 people listen to Cork's 96FM and C103 every week. Source jail or Ipsos MRBI 2021-4. So, to thank you for listening, the Cork's 96FM Cash Cow is back and we're giving away Mega Moolah. Grab the morning password with Casey and Ross from 6am Monday. Then listen to play across the day and get ready to win. Win only on Cork's 96FM. Hashtag choose radio. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Now, Valentine's Day is Monday. So over the weekend, we're getting the flowers and the chocolates and maybe having the bit of dinner and all that kind of thing. Maybe with a hope to, you know, spicing things up. And particularly if you've got the first date. I don't know. Is anybody listening who's got their first date on Valentine's Day. I, I personally would absolutely be bricking it if that was me. Let's talk to Jenny Keane, who's a holistic sex educator. There you go, half ten in the morning on a Friday. Sex education. I mean, where are we? We're in 2022, lads. Couldn't have done this 20 years ago. We had the bishop banging on the door. But Jenny, good morning <laughs> to you. <laughs> we would have. <laughs> It's true, it's true, you would have. <laughs> Thank God we are where we are now, though. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Does having oh. the Valentine on the Monday, does it mean that the whole weekend can get spicy? Uh, I think so, yeah, I absolutely think so. I think it depends on your schedule, you know. Um, but do you, like, I, I, would, I think the most important thing that you can do is, you know, a lot of people say, like, when it comes to, you know, creating, like, I suppose, intimate moments and sex, sexual moments is actually creating like, you know, people talk about a sex date. Mm. And I think this is super important. Like it's quite, um, I suppose, cliche in one sense, but it's super important. The idea of like learning how to slow down when it comes to, in, you know, making a, a sex life, I suppose, or, you know, more fulfilling, right? Or even a, a waning one, how to revive a, a, a waning sex life or to make a healthy one more fulfilling is to actually make intimacy a very conscious decision rather than an accidental or even rushed encounter. And this is actually really important for women because research will tell you that women get bored sexually quicker than men do so romance is a very essential ingredient for women's appetites for sexual intimacy right. and so sexual desire for women isn't just about the act right it's not even just about foreplay it's actually about the whole thing and, and the whole game right so it's the idea of the meal beforehand how the scene is set flowers blindfold sensual touch whatever it is and this is what they call in the animal kingdom um, pacing right so it's the plot it's the tea it's the seduction right. and so it's a super important part of sexual encounters for men, women so I suppose you know having a dedicated day for that is actually really quite good because it means people will put more of an effort in and it doesn't and also as well you know something to say that even if you're single this is something that you should be doing for yourself mm. making time to have a date with yourself like when people talk about self-love sexual self-care is one of you know the uh, one of the most amazing practices that can very quickly and warmly return you to your sense of self you know especially mm. when you're feeling things like loneliness you know <laughs> sexual self-care now there was a word for that Started with a letter M. Or have I got the wrong end of the stick? Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? 
<laughs> that's what I yeah well it's actually not even just masturbation um I mean the thing about I always talk about when you when it comes to talking about sex it's really powerful to learn how to work from the outside in um because this is often the way a lot of the a lot of the times we kind of have this perception of what sex is supposed and even masturbation right what it looks like what it's supposed to sound like what it's supposed to feel like but when you start to work um from the outside in you start to add it's almost like adding flavors right different sexual stimuli adding in color so whether that's candles or whether you have lighting in your bedroom scents so whether that's essential oils or incense or scented candles and sex toys are all things that can help add different sensation and when you start to look at things like working from the outside in when you talk about you know, working with the senses, um, even uh, this would be super important because it's known um, that the brain is one of the most centra- central erogenous zones for w- women. If our brain isn't in the mood, if we're too stressed, tired or whatever that is, that actually blocks the rest of the body from being able to act on arousal. And so sensory experiences like smell, sight and touch and sound and all of these things actually help to decrease activity in the temporal lobe, which deactivates inhibition, apprehension tension, embarrassment, shame uh, during sexual arousal. So it's super important. So, you know, setting the scene, like adding candles, uh, smells, all that kind of stuff was really important. And then working with like something like erogenous zones is always really powerful Mm. to do. And again, this is that idea of working with the outside, working from the outside in. And these would be those kind of you know, um, this would be mapping the body essentially. And this is like those crazy sensitive hotspots that can take you can kind of, um, you know, from zero to, you know, whatever it is mm. that you feel, you know, and these are covered all over the body. So you might even never get to touch uh, or to go towards your genitals. Yeah. Like I suppose after... But not to hands, 60, you know what I mean? You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> or 100. <laughs> that, just l- lastly... And briefly, Jenny, couples who've been together for a heck of a long time, okay? I know, yeah. And there's lots of them listening. And you know the way Mm -hmm. you said, okay, take it slowly and and send out the signals slowly, right? And send them out early. How do you Mm -hmm. deal with the conversation that begins, I know what you're at and you can forget it? Okay, so that's okay. But do you hear what that is? That's apprehension, right? So it's actually about romancing. So it's learning how to move into that place of romance again, which I think couples who have been with each other for a very long time become comfortable in each other's company. And actually the romancing part of that really um, switches off. So people forget, you know, to do things like take time to actually ask their partner, how are you? And not just ask them in the sense of like tell me how your day was but actually be prepared to listen to them you know to ask their partner hey are you stressed would you like a massage like how often does that kind of happen in in long-term relationships so I think it's really important to kind of first of all understand that yes okay you may come up against roadblocks but it's also again like how can you you know slowly gently and warmly come towards connection rather than away from it and doing things you know I always talk about like you know, doing things that are out of the norm, like going, for example, like I do workshops on how to give breast massage, like partnered breast massage and things like this. But you can find those things online quite easily now, like going to a workshop about like how to give a good blow job or how to give good oral sex to your woman. Uh, and uh, these uh, are things that... Okay. 
Okay. Is it too much you're taking? You're all right, Jenny. You're grand. You're grand. I, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, can, 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 can Education, we look at your website? DJ. Education. Have you a website we can look at? I do have a website. One yeah. that's not behind yeah. a Education paywall now. <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, there's loads of things like, you know, doing yoga classes together or going to a dance class, like doing something different, right? Okay. That you can laugh at yourself, you know, and, know, and, you know, allow things to be messy and organic and, okay. and make mistakes. You know, this is super important. But yeah, I do have a website. What is it? <laughs> It's JennyKeen.com. All right. And also, you can have a look at my stuff on Instagram as well. Right. Hello, Jenny Keen. All right. Good crack. And thank you, Jenny Keen, for lightening up what was turning into a fairly heavy old Friday morning. 0818 96 96 96. Jenny Keen, holistic sex educator. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Following a hugely popular online concert series in 2021, Cork Orchestral Society is set to welcome audiences back in 2022. They have a great program in store to features eight concerts between January and June this year and further information is available at CorkOrchestralSociety.ie The inimitable Macy Gray comes to Cork this summer with a very special show at Cypress Avenue on June 14th A must-see live performance You can get your tickets now at CypressAvenue.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 On Cork's 96 FM. Brush myself down after that one. <clears throat> no, that was nice. That was fun. It was fun with Jenny. For the Friday, do you know what I'm <laughs> There's loads of... Thank you for the memes, Michael Cronin. Thank you very much. And Kev. Oh, you don't miss much, you two. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Someone says, taxi for Coogan. I know, I'll wait till 12. You're all right, lads. You're grand. Sitting down to write a novel about a parent's worst nightmare, you kind of wonder, what is the worst nightmare? What is... The thing that, you know, parents dread. Uh, in the modern world, I guess, there's nothing they dread more than their kids being caught up in some kind of sex scandal or sex thing on their phones. It's such a dangerous place. The technology, the screens, the, the everything. And Ethna Shortall her new book, It Could Never Happen Here, is based around that. Ethna, good morning to you. Good morning. Where did the idea come Let's from, go. first of all? Um, well, I wanted to write something about a school that was very sought after and parents that had kind of fought to get their kids in there and then took pride, maybe too much pride, in their, their primary school. Because like, obviously we know there's a, 
um, there can be a hierarchy of secondary schools and, you know, some people will send their children to fee-paying schools and there's competition for those places. But whilst we don't have private schools at primary school, there is still that competition. You know, you'll have parents that will maybe exaggerate their level of Irish so they can get their kid into the Gale school or, um, you know, might just hound a school until they, they get a place. And so I wanted to have a school that was very sought after. And then I thought, well, if you have that school and the parents are very proud, then what would happen if something, um, if, a, if a scandal hit the school? Yeah. And uh, in this case, it's a sexting scandal, and which is two of the students in sixth class have been sending each other uh, nude pictures of themselves. And I went with that because about four years ago, I was talking to a primary school teacher who told me this had happened at her school, that yes. two of the students had been sending pictures of themselves and then the parents had come down to the school wanting the school to sort it out. And since then, I've talked to a couple of other teachers and one parent about how this had happened at their kid's school. And well, I was surprised because, um, shocked probably, because I didn't think this was something you had to deal with until your kids were well into their teens. But from talking to teachers, it is something that happens not all the time, but more regularly now in fifth and sixth class because kids have phones. And so, you know, with that comes all the perils that go with owning a phone. And there is Irish research that shows that by the time they're in first year, 5% of children have sent uh, or received a sext. Yeah. Um, so that's one in 20. That's one in every class, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so it was something that was happening. And I thought, well, like I, you know, I, I've got young kids are not at school going age yet. And I'm already scared about the mobile phone and all the yeah. perils that go with it, you know. And of course and they're know, asking for them younger and younger these days. And absolutely. I, you know, I yeah, remember. Yeah, the battle. Yeah, I mean, I remember mine were, they were 12 and, and 13 and we were still resisting. But eventually we just had to give in and give them phones. But nowadays that conversation has been had when the child is five, six and seven and we're coming up to communion time in May and the number of phones that will be handed over at communion time. And it all leads to the very thing that you write about in this book. Yeah, so there, you know, this, there was um, Safer Internet Day was this week and there was research around that. And I saw they were saying, I think it was now 92% of 8 to 12 year olds have phones in Ireland. So, you know, that's, I mean, I'm sure if it was 12 year olds, you'd be at almost 100%. So if you were able to uh, hold out until 12 or 13, you were doing well. I think Mm. now. They're in their 20s now, so it was easier then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's going back, you know, more and more. I mean, I think if you can get to sixth class, it's great. And what, what seems to be from talking to parents is if the if all the parents in the class are of a similar mind that seems to be the deciding factor you know if their friends have phones it's a lot harder to fight them on it but if the par- other parents are holding out as well i think you have a, a greater chance but the reality is that the younger we give phones the younger the pitfalls come in and what i wanted to look at in it could never happen here and what interested me about the real life situation i had originally talked to a teacher about was that when the parents found out about it they went to the school even though technically you know it's, it wasn't something that happened at the school it happened at home and it happened with phones the teachers didn't give them the phones the parents did and so it wasn't really the school's problem but because both students were in the school they thought the school should be the ones to handle it. And so like that that's, that's what I'm looking at in the book and that's what's interesting in general. Like, how would you react if it was your child and they had sent a picture? Or if, you know, as, uh, another kid in your class, if you're the parent of another child, how do you react if you're the principal and you're being accused of, you know, not, not teaching them um, yeah. online safety? How do you react if you're the teacher, etc.? So, I mean, yeah. there's very many different points of view on it. Yeah, and how it all works out 
is, is and everyone's affected by this because when you bring it to the attention of the school, like you say, all hell breaks loose, and it, it didn't happen yeah. here. It wasn't caused here. It's not our fault. Yes. Again, this is the kind of thing that parents worry about, and I'm thinking of young parents of young kids now who are seven and eight, and and they're this 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 thing is down the line for them. So it's a fictional book, but I think it'll probably get people thinking about the the very real problems that are out there. Yeah, and there's an expert, you know, in the school, you know, after the scandal, there's the scandal derails the the, the yearly musical that was supposed to be on national TV this year. It, it causes fighting between some families, you know, it has all these knock-on effects. But so the school does get an expert to come in and talk to the parents about about it. And I, you know, what I, obviously it's a fictional character, but I took all of what the expert says from research around it, you know, about statistics about how it's not very common, but it does happen, like I said, 5%. Um, of first years and I am um, yeah I wanted them to come and and kind of give some advice because I as the parent of young children yeah. was thinking well what will I do and how do you handle it you know and and the so it, at the beginning of the book you have the kind of parenting queen bee and it's her daughter that's caught up in the scandal she walks in on her taking the photo and the way the expert tells her to react calmly just talk to them don't judge them is the complete opposite of how she did react in the moment because you know in hindsight it, it's easy to to have that kind of calm measured approach but if you walk in and this is what you see if you're your gorgeous 12 year old yeah. child you you calm you and measured is the it, last you know? thing you're going to be yeah, exactly 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 and and also um you know it, like it's not it doesn't mean anything about the child doesn't reflect badly like children just do things you know they they act like adults they do things they think other people are doing and we all make mistakes but especially when we're young and so as a parent I think you know the, the greater responsibility is on the parent and, and what we do and so really I was just exploring what I would do um yeah. and how I would react and the whole oversharing of everything now Yes, exactly. And so you have, you know, kids that like they're, you know, one one child is kind of considered the most popular child in the class because she has an Instagram page with the most following, you know. I mean, that's completely different from when I was at school, but that is a thing now. It could be TikTok or whatever it is. And like the more followers you have, then that means you're popular. You know, obviously that like that did that just didn't exist for me. And the same statistics this week, that same age group, eight to twelve year olds, eighty two percent of them have a social media presence. Um even though and, they're not supposed to. Yeah, no, exactly. Even though the providers say, oh, yeah, no, you must be older than, you know, whatever it is, 16, to have a page. Um, and so, like, that, that that's the other thing. Like, where do you put the onus? On schools, on parents, mm. on the platform providers? You know, there's, like, there's responsibility for everybody there. As usual, what you're doing is you're using fiction, Esna, to maybe fuel discussion on things that are very real in our society. Where can we get the book? Uh, everywhere, any good bookshop good. and probably the bad ones as well all the bookshops should have it Excellent, <laughs> it's called It Could Never Happen Here Ethna Shorthall Thank you for being with us on the Opinion Line 0818 96 96 96 Thank you so much for a brilliant show interesting, inspiring and incredibly good crack says Karen Jesus, I'm blushing Hi Gary in New Zealand Jesus, I'm blushing here PJ Mary Jane, ah, here, Valentine's Day for the first date, that would be awful, I'd die of the cringe. <laughs> that sounds painful, actually, dying of the cringe, doesn't it? Lego in a box can make mansions that rock. Okay. Government, Lego the purse strings. Oh, I like that, I like that. Uh, Lego the purse strings. <clears throat> Follow the Lego big road, there's a good one. 
I, you, you really are doing well today. Follow the Lego brick road. <laughs> the shinners will try to block it, says Frank. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Legoland dreams for the politicians is another one. Um, and I see, and I, am I going to say it? We'll have to discuss it off air whether I can use that one because I do love it. Apparently there's a surge every year in the purchase of lingerie for Valentine's Day. Carolina Reeves, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How good. How Is you? it true that there are queues out the door of lingerie shops for Valentine's Day? Well, there usually is. Um, I find that there definitely is here. People love to uh, get a gift, get something a little bit special for the person that they love. Mm. Now, this, this is Carolina from Carolina's Lingerie in Middleton. What, what are, are the same? You think about sort of all the cartoons, red and black and lacy stuff. Is that what, what people <laughs> buy or, or are they a bit more subtle than that? To be honest with you, red is actually very popular this year. Um, black would be more, I suppose, I, a Christmas colour for me. Um, red is very popular this year. Also as well, pink. Pink is very strong for me this year, especially in silks. Okay. There's a lot of TikTok stuff about retro lingerie, old style stuff. Uh, yeah, that is coming back. Um, lace is actually getting very popular, I suppose, for... The last couple of years, people were more going for, I won't say say functional, but, you know, underwear that they could wear under T-shirts, uh, occasions that they would need specific underwear for. Whereas now people are actually buying more lace, more prettier items, I'm finding. Mm. Do men come in to buy for their partners? Yes, they do. I must admit, I have quite a few regular customers that will come in and buy for Valentine's Day, for Christmas, for birthdays and for anniversaries. And I would have It is thought, becoming more popular. Is it? And are they good at it? Because yeah. I would have thought most fellas would think, what? where do I start? Like, <laughs> to be honest with you, they are. Um, most of them now are getting very savvy and actually realise that they do need the size. So they will find the size on the back of a bra that their partner or their wife or their girlfriend has. Um, so they'll come in armed with the size. Also as well, they'll have an idea of, of the colour that she likes and the style that she likes. So they are getting very cute about buying gifts. Yeah. Do they go if for they outlandish stuff or are they, you know... I mean, do, no. do they have ideas of what they might like and not think about their partner? <laughs> no, to be honest with you, the, the men that come in buying for me certainly don't. They are not really buying for themselves. They're definitely buying for their partner. So they would be very conscious of what they like so that they will wear the item. And would they I've have, noticed that a lot, actually. Yeah. Would they have looked at what's fashionable before they come in or would they know even? Um. No, to be honest with you, they'll come in and they'll, they will have a look and they'll be drawn maybe towards certain sets, certain colours, you know, certain fabrics and styles. Uh, they will ask advice, um, but th they would go really, I suppose, more with advice and guidance as to what yeah. they think will work best yeah. as a gift. Is Valentine's the only time that the men come in? Or do they do it all year round? No, 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 all year round. Birthdays, Christmas especially, and anniversaries. They would be really popular times. I would have, as I said, a certain number of core customers that I know when they're going to come in. So when new items come in and new styles come in and fashion comes in, I will actually put it aside for when they call oh, in really? for a 
Okay, so you've got some very sophisticated yeah. customers. I do, I do. I will literally get a text and saying I'm going to pop in for an anniversary present and I'll say I have the perfect thing aside for you. Christ. And to be honest with you, when I'm buying for for seasons, for spring, summer or autumn, winter, I will actually have them in mind and I will buy specific sets for my regular customers. Really, really. So it's uh, yeah. and, and do, do women buy for themselves at Valentine's then? They do. Now, women will probably buy more. I'm seeing a trend more towards bodysuits. That's becoming very popular this year, which is lovely to see. And again, uh, pinks in subtle colours and also the stronger red colours. Women as well, I'm finding, will buy more uh, silk nightwear. So lovely kind of shorty and cami sets, uh, silk slips and silk nightdresses. Okay. So they're kind of printed printed war stuff and yeah... Yeah, you know, kind robes. of nice, pretty lace. Yeah. Yes, robes as well would be very popular. I suppose it's they're, they're, it's a little bit of self-love that they're coming and they want to get something special for themselves for the day that's in it. Okay, so busy, busy day, <coughs> busy weekend ahead for you, uh, Carolina. Thanks very much, Carolina Reeves from Carolina's Lingerie in Middleton. So some very sophisticated men out there buying the stuff and she keeps... Their numbers and she takes what's coming in when it is fashionable. Oh, the world is changing. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, I like that one. The Irish Republic. That's a good one. The Irish Republic is uh, a headline that's come in for our competition with Borgash Energy with a 500 euro one for all voucher to give away today with thanks to our friends at Borgash Energy we're looking for you to do a good headline for us give us a laugh now show us your creative side give us a good headline for the news that the first Lego shop Ireland's first ever Lego shop will be opening in Dublin not entirely sure when but I think sometime this year it's opening. Yeah. <laughs> give the give the Lego shop the contract to build the, build the event centre. Like I said, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Follow the Lego Brick Road is a good one as well. But the Irish Republic is up too. It's a, among the favourites at the moment. Legoland, the politician's dream. That's another one. Yes, yeah. Pieces falling into place. Yes, yes, we can live with that one. Another brick in the wall. Yes, yes. 0818 96 96 96 We'll do our giveaway around about 5 to 12 Now I haven't gotten around to watching Tinder Swindler just yet uh, but it is one of the biggest things on Netflix at the moment I, I'm halfway through season 3 of Drive to Survive and I've also just finished In From the Cold with Killian O'Sullivan from In From the Cold on the show last week 
and I watched you finished it last night and it absolutely begs for a season two. So I haven't gotten around to Tinder Swindler just yet. Now, Nicole... Nicole O'Brien was on Too Hot to Handle and we talked to Nicole during that show on Netflix. Now, you you were talking in the run-up to Tinder Swindler about something that happened to you. You got rightly stung, Nicole, by this fella who... Did you think he was whisking you off to Portugal for a romantic weekend and he just left you in the lurch or what? Good morning. Hello, how are you? Great. Good to talk to you <laughs> oh again. Oh my God. The girl from Shannon. Oh yes, that's it. Long time no talk. Um, yeah, this story, I just think it's madness. So this is about two years ago or maybe a year and a half now. I was dating this guy. He says, let's go off to the Amalfi Coast. So I'm thinking, grand, a lovely holiday, holiday the two of us. Um, and then we get there. And within the first 24 hours, he tells me he's got no money. He's broke. And I have to pay for absolutely everything, which I'm, I don't mind, right? If I'm seeing someone and I'm like, okay, right, I'll pay for bits and pieces. But it's like, usually I find if someone's buying something for you, I'm the kind of person where I'll get the cheapest option on the menu. I won't go all out. But mm. this fella went all out. I'm talking would order two starters, two main courses, would rack up bills. So, for instance, at the end of the week, we would pay the bill by the pool. And I was doing a lot of interviews and stuff during the week. So I wasn't really sat by the pool quite a lot, but... He was down there, you know, during the mornings and stuff. And the bill comes to about £900 at the very end of the week. And I'd only had two drinks. So we're oh. talking stuff oh. like this, like for the whole week. Oh, my goodness. And like, did he fly you out there? Like, did he pay for the flights and book the accommodation and all that? So what happened is we both got our flights separately. But then when we went out there... um. They wanted the money for the accommodation as we arrived. So I said, look, I'll get this and then you can get some other stuff, whatever. We'll just split it that way. Yeah. Um, and then the day after is when he told me he had no money. But the funny thing is, is when we rocked up to the accommodation, he didn't like the room. I thought the room was grand. I have no issue. We didn't have a balcony. He was like, no, I want a balcony. So we had to have the upgrade. Of course, Muggins here was paying for all that. Like, oh, um, Yeah, so it was just a bit of a madness. But then the flight back, we decided to postpone the trip for about two days. So I had to get his flight back then, of course. And then the flight back was... It's ten times more expensive than it was common, like, but... And, and did you yeah. meet this guy because he knew who you were from Too Hot to Handle or what? No, do you know what? I actually met him on Tinder six years ago. Mm. Um, and then he basically saw me in the sun, like, a few months previous and just decided to write to me and catch up again. So everyone thought he had a hidden agenda, so apart from me, he even came back to Shannon and met the family. And I told nothing about like nothing about this to my parents. Like if my mom and dad are watching, they've got no idea that, that this actually went on. They do now. So I want to see. Well, yeah, they do now. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to see what their opinion was on him. Mm. And instantly they said, no, he's using you for the wrong reasons. Like we can just tell. 
out of like, you know, maybe wanting a bit of clout and money and stuff like that. Like he's definitely using you. So if mom and dad don't approve, that's when I cut cut him off straight away. So yeah, they, they generally tend to know what's best, don't they? Hundred percent. Although 100%. you might think it at the time, they generally do. Yeah, no, definitely. So mm. I feel like now I have my wits about me when it comes to men like that because. I can be a, a little bit naive. And like when I told all the girls, they were like, how the hell did you pay for his whole holiday? Mm. I said, oh, looking back now, it's similar to the Tinder swindler. Like I know you said that you haven't watched it yet, but it's basically like this fella who cons loads of women out of money. And it's just an absolute madness how like you're looking as an outsider being like, how the hell has that happened? Mm. But so engrossed in like a relationship or whatever it is it's like oh I don't know yeah yeah because that's what I'm seeing as I said it's it's on the list to be watched uh, but uh, people yeah. say, like how would you get caught like that but you did yeah and I have my wits about me but I feel like I do have my head screwed on so this situation I don't know how I got involved in that like I really don't and looking back I'm like what the hell was I thinking but in that situation at that moment in time, mm. I just thought, oh, look, I'll get this and then he'll get the next one or something. And was, was, he, so was he a natural charmer like Nicole? I mean, do you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, natural charmer, like completely. So I just fell for it. And mm. now, never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see a, 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 a interview with you where you took a guy out one night or he took you and proceeded to fall asleep yeah oh my god this is about oh this is a few years ago now um so basically i went out to this place in shoreditch which is an area in london and this fella we were having a grand time like he you know we were getting the drinks in it was lovely in a cocktail bar and then he just starts ordering like pints of whiskey I'm not even joking now right so I'm like okay this can only go one way here so he keeps ordering the pints of whiskey for himself and then we're in the are bar are you kidding me he, he wasn't drinking pints of whiskey no he literally had pints like pintfuls of whiskey and I said to him jeez you, you, you'd be quite drunk after that would you not want to slow down like and he was like no 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 I'm grand I can handle a lot I said alright okay so I'm there sipping on my martini like and he's got the pint of whiskey there. So I said, OK, this is only going to go one way. He basically passes out on the table. Firstly, he was quite handsy because he was so drunk and I was like, no way is this even happening. And then he just passes out and falls asleep on the table in this bar. I couldn't wake him. Like I literally was like moving and being like, hello and was just passed out. Oh, God. Was and, like, wow. and, and and there was a tab, wasn't there? Oh yeah, there was a tab. He wrapped up a tab and of course because he was so drunk I had to pay it all. The pints of whiskey like <laughs> Does it Nicole, um, does it ever go well for you? I know. Do you know what? I feel like I actually can't catch a break. I really can't. I'm still single. I'm twenty six, going on twenty seven. I just don't even know what's happening. I, I still go out on dates like in London, but they never really go well. They'll go well for a few weeks if I'm seeing someone. And then he just turns out to be an absolute gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of it about. So, you know, I mean, do you ever think about that you'd come back and find yourself a nice safe Corkman? 
Do you know what? I think I showed you now. I think I need a nice Cork fella <laughs> who gets my banter, will have a laugh. So who knows? I could be back in Cork in the next few months finding myself a husband. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing these days? I know that you, you were on the, the Too Hot to Handle. What are you doing since? So I've recently done an MTV dating show for MTV America, which comes out in the next two months. Right. Um, and then I'm doing, I'm focusing mainly on my music. So I'm working with, I don't know if you know the singer Anne Marie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I am yeah, working with all of her team and her production team. So it only got signed off about two weeks ago. So lots of things are coming up and happening now. So it's very exciting. You got a record coming out of you. Yeah, in two months. So we're just doing all the marketing behind it now. So it was all Anne Marie's team, who production team, who've done it with me, and yeah. oh, it's going to be amazing. Well, we I'm play so her excited. stuff here on ninety six of Emma, so we'll be interested in hearing what you've done. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'll send it over. It's, Brilliant. Yeah, it's a banger, banger. All right, look after yourself, Nicole, and hopefully you'll find yourself a nice. There's a few. I'm sure there's a few unattached corkmen going around, going around London, who, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to hunt them down. I think you will. I think you will. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Take care of yourself. 0818 96 96 96. John says a fool and their money are easily parted. Let that be a lesson to her. I think, John, and as I said, I haven't seen it yet, but people are telling me that that's the first thing you'll think when you start watching Tinder Swindler. But by the end of it, you will say, no, that's not true. They can and they will swindle. And it's so easy for them, and you get sucked into it so easily. It's it's on the list to be watched, along with God knows how many other things. Do you remember yesterday? I tell you, I was the day before. I said I mentioned about this is going to hurt uh, the Adam K book that's been turned into a BBC show. I watched the first episode last night. It's fabulous. I, uh, it's great. It's really good. now it's rude, very rude, and a bit gruesome, but it's also very very funny. So I recommend that at the weekend. 0818-969696. Well, then we could watch a movie. You might want to find an old romantic movie. Will we? We'll have a check. We'll check those out next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Stream the freshest hits of 2022 on the Hit Mix. Let's go! Or find the biggest workout bangers on the Fit Mix. The Cork's 96FM Hit Mix and Fit Mix are streaming live right now. Download the Cork's 96FM app. Listen on your smart speaker. Or go to 96FM.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Still struggling to beat uh, Republic of Ireland or the Irish Republic. Same person sent the two of them in. Although I do like, I do like Leo, Michal and the Blockheads. I, I do like that. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. And keep those headlines coming in. There's a nice big round juicy 500 euro one for all voucher at the end of the show for the best one. Republic of Ireland or the Irish Republic, both coming in from the same person. That's good. I do like that. 
I do like that. 0818 96 96 96. Now, where might you go for the Valentine's weekend if you were of a mind to travel? If you were of a mind to pack up a little bag and head off somewhere, where might you head for Valentine's Day and what might you do? I've been talking to Paul Keneally, who's travel editor with the Irish Independent. Paul, good to speak with you. The last couple of Valentine's Days, people have been um, under some form of lockdown or other. This year, we can go somewhere. Where would we go? Yeah, good question. It's nice to be just able to get outside the front door, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't help that it's a Monday, I suppose, but uh, it's probably the least romantic day of the week. But let me tell you, it's much. you'll get much better deals Um midweek and and uh, then you will at the weekend so you'll avoid the crowds and you'll avoid the high prices if you're able to sneak away on monday but a lot of the hotels and guest houses and all that that would be doing special offers would not just have them for monday the 14th but they kind of run them through the week or even through the month of february so when you go into the hotel and you look at the special offer section they'll have these deals uh, you know packaged up like mm. with b&b and and dinner and all the rest and i'll give you an example of a couple of them but one i thought thought looked kind of fun is the Cargline Court Hotel which is coming out of I suppose our last round of restrictions and all that with a bang it's decking itself up as the Valentine's Hotel this weekend what that means is it says it's got a Valentine's theme running throughout across the decor, the bedroom or areas, the food and beverages so it's encouraging people when they check in to take the selfies in the lobby I'm presuming there'll be hearts all over the place they're going to do Valentine's themed cocktails, Valentine's menu by their chef Peter Hennessy there and on and on and they're packaging that up as a deal for um, 249 for two people to stay right. over the weekend which includes the dinner so there's one to get you going That's a good one and a local one to start Now you, you did a piece in the Indo where you mentioned some interesting ones like you could actually go and see the relics of St. Valentine because many people wouldn't realise he was uh, interred in Dublin. <laughs> this is true, and I lived for many years in Dublin, had no idea about this, but the the relics. Now, when we say relics, don't go in expecting, you know, St. Valentine himself and all his splendour in there or anything. It's a casket or a box right. inside of which is said to be a, a, some of the bones and a small vessel tinged with his blood. So it's kind right. of it's it's wrapped in the in the language of religious artifacts, obviously. Right. But this do, it's, so it's 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 let's call it part of Saint Valentine. And where is it kept? Uh, they're kept in, in in a casket in the White. Sorry, I should say that off the top. The Whitefriar Street Church in in Dublin and it's they do on Valentine's Day they don't shy away from this they do special masses at 11.30am and 3pm on the Monday so if you're in the Dublin and they usually include if you're in Dublin you can pop along they usually include a blessing of rings yeah. and you can, we can go we can go in without worrying these days but you will have to maintain social distance and wear a mask that's the only thing to notice and I suppose there's plenty of hotels around that would offer deals then you could do it as part of a, a trip away yeah, you could do that. Is a, a couple I was looking at in Dublin, the the Wilder Hotel, which is a sister to your own Montanotti Hotel up in Dublin. It's in it's in the Blue Book as well. It's got a Valentine's Day offer. There, what they're throwing in with the B and B is a bottle of prosecco and a cocktail, and that's two hundred and twenty nine euro for two, as as one example. And then I was looking at the the Morrison Hotel, which is a, a little bit further 
uh, it's down a lot around the river there near yeah. the Hapenny Bridge. Yeah. And that has a, a special in a junior suite from 399 so it's a bit more expensive, but they're throwing in champers and uh, dinner for two and a cocktail. So that's a, the value, I suppose, in all of these is that you get the meal included and, and a bit of bubbles, yeah. Now, for anybody feeling adventurous, they could go, where is Loch Owler? <laughs> that's a good question. It's in the Wicklow Mountains, and I only got to it myself uh, last summer when we, I, I'm speaking to you from Greystones in County Wicklow and I, I remember when our, we were allowed at one stage in the pandemic to do inter-county travel or was it 20k travel, I can't remember, but I had basically gone through Google Maps and tried to find the places in my own county that I hadn't been to and this was one of them. You might have seen it on Instagram, it is shaped like a heart and mm. it is absolutely as if someone has carved a perfect heart shape out of the mountains. It's a Kari lake, which means it kind of has a back up against the mountain with three sides open. It's it's at the base of the mountain, it's called a tone lagui, which mm. is from the Irish tone lagui, which means arse to the wind. So this is not an easy walk. You've got to get, you're going to have to dress right, wear the boots. It's going to take about three hours or so. This is not a romantic stroll at sundown. The, you see, you have to earn this kiss or earn getting down on the knee. And if you can manage to get your sweetheart that, that high up for that selfie opportunity um, without them complaining or without them leaving you, then perhaps you'll have earned the sort of the yes uh, to your proposal. But there's loads of nice places to stay around there in yeah. the Wicklow Mountains. Druid's Glen is a, the, the one, isn't it? Yeah. Druid's Glen is a five star, about say a 40 minute drive away from 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 the lake or from Glen McNass Waterfall, which is where it is. Um, and that's it. It's a five star hotel, but it's a good one um, outside of peak season to look for deals. They have um, dinner and B&B from 330 quid for two. Again, that's not that's not not small change, but look at it as say 165 per person for a night with dinner in a five-star hotel, so it's not outrageous. Now, there are some very good hotels around, Paul, and as you say, because Valentine's falls on a Monday, it, it's a year where they might get a bit more of interest, plus they're trying to get people back out as well. Well, they are, and, you know, the, I think this is going to be a tip that's going to be with us all year. We're, what we're seeing at this stage is there's a lot of confidence in booking at the moment, but the people are going abroad or they're looking at the staycations, and if, if you have kids or anyone listening who has kids will know exactly where the pressure points are on the calendar. We've midterm only around the corner, then we've got double bank holiday on Paddy's Day, Easter, summer, and the prices will spike at those times, but if you can get away at other times or work around the fringes of that kind of demand, that's where you're going to find the the deals this year. And I can guarantee you, you're going to be coming back on prices and chatting about it again and again, um, be it overseas or home holidays. Look forward to that because definitely there's value out there if you're going off peak. Peak is going to be expensive. That's probably how it's going to be. And look with the cost of living, everything is going up anyway. But t tell me lastly about Ireland's sexiest bedroom which basically looks like a, it looks like a bubble I mean you wouldn't have much privacy in there now Paul you know what I mean well yeah this, that's a good point it is on its well there's a several of these let me set the scene it's it's a place called Finlock in County Fermanagh and it's set in woodland by a lake right. and its signature rooms are what they call bubble domes and these are basically I, they're on a on a permanent base, but they're in they're basically transparent or translucent uh, plastic coverings, completely weatherproof, completely cozy, and all of that. That the idea is they give you a clear 
immersion in the nature and the woods around you, but also you can look at the skies above you. Now, they are spaced out so that they're completely separate from what you're not right beside. They would want to be. (laughs) <laughs> I can imagine you're trying to hold up the towel as you get changed. But no, no I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, the, the proposal is accepted and there's a celebration goes on. You know, you want to be oh, fairly I, distant from the next neighbour. You do. You want a private memory. Um, but yes, I can, I can, I can uh, reassure you that the privacy is, has been thought through, let's say. They have kind of premium options that even have standalone baths. Like wow. this, this is not where you, you roll out a sleeping bag. This is, um, the, the, the lead-in is £295 a night, so it's not cheap. They have sta- you know, proper beds and proper lighting and proper bathrooms. That, that just the feature is this, this kind of breakdown of the barrier between you and the environment around you. Now, look, it looks amazing in all the press shots, yeah. but if you go and you get a rainy night uh, <laughs> or a cloudy day, of course, it might be a little different. But, you know, the rain could add a bit of atmosphere in itself, too. People people can find all those in, in your article and indeed we, we'll post it. But before I let you go, Paul, briefly, um, in terms of holiday bookings for the summer, uh, there was a surge expected. Has it come? Yeah, there is. Uh, there is. Um, I I don't think we're quite at January 2019 levels, which is kind of like what you would, might mark uh, pre-pandemic normality against. But there has definitely since Omicron began to recede, since the restrictions were eased quite dramatically in Ireland, there's definitely been a rebound in interest. People are on the phones and they're hunting around. And because there are fewer flights available this year, there isn't there's the same accommodation available in the Canaries and Spain and, and Portugal and wherever as there always is, but there's just a little bit less access, maybe around 15, 20% less access. That means, like we discussed earlier, that the prices are looking, they're jumping already around those peak times. You can just do a search on, on Reiner or Aer Lingus and look at the difference mm. in flying to somewhere like Faro or Malaga, yeah. you know, around Paddy's Day or around Easter versus the week before, the week after. It can literally be hundreds of euro in the yes. difference. And yes. that, that's where we anticipate that the pressure will be. As, as certain um, ministers have been advising, we should maybe shop around. <laughs> but best, the, yeah. the less said, the better. We'll leave it there for today, Paul. Thank you very much for being with us on The Opinion Line. Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Thanks. That's Paul O'Keneally, uh, travel editor with the Irish Independent. Actually, with the booking of stuff sort of on and off peak, I know someone booked flights to go off to the Canaries and they booked them at such a time that the schools will be going back. So they'll be going out maybe the last couple of days in August and staying for the first fortnight of September. And those flights to the Canaries were something like €250 per head cheaper. They were an awful lot cheaper to go out that fortnight than the previous fortnight. Or even middle of July or anything like that. So there's definitely a saving to be made there. But he's right about the Paddy's weekend with the double the double holiday, the Thursday and the Friday, the June weekend and all those things. They're, They're best... Avoid it if you're trying to save money. But there's a lot of off-peak value. Thanks, Paul. 0818-969696. Liz says she's going to work on St. Valentine's Day. I think most of us are going to work on St. Valentine's Day. It's a Monday, Liz. Uh, Valentine's Day, says John. Just another rip-off. I won't be getting involved in it. Okay. That's grand, John. Good for you. Yeah. 
This came in, and I'm going to read it for what it's worth. A bit late in the week to be doing this, but might come back to it Monday and, and follow up on it, but I'll read it anyway. Caller was on the phone saying, I was talking to a woman yesterday of, shall we say, advanced years. Takes great comfort from visiting the Holy Trinity Church. But told me she no longer goes in there because she's afraid of the heroin addicts or she's afraid of walking on a needle and getting an infection. I looked in there myself to see and the place is littered with spoons and needles and wrappers. I know these people are addicted and it's a health condition to some extent, if you like. But can I ask anyone that is an addict listening or more likely knows and works with addicts, please ask them to stay out of churches. It's a terrible thing to isolate a woman like that. And if you think about it, there are probably other better places to go. We can come back to that, but it just came in and I felt it uh, worth a read before we wrap up for the week. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we will draw a winner. At just about 5 to 12, we're inundated with replies to our headline competition. But if you want to get in in the last few minutes of it, so the, it's been announced that the first Lego shop, dedicated Lego shop, I'm sure it'll be built of concrete and steel and other such things and all that, but the first Lego shop is being opened in Grafton Street in Dublin, I think later this year. And we wanted a headline to tie in with sort of housing and developers and politicians. And we got some beauties. We did get some beauties. And we'll draw the winner around 5 to 12. And because you've been so good all week with your entries, we've upped it today. Not just a 350 euro voucher, one for all, but a 500 euro, one for all voucher brought to you by Borgash Energy. So what might you cook this weekend? Again, Valentine's weekend, the theme of cooking for the person you love who normally cooks for you. They normally look after you of an evening. They cook for you. You now sit down there now, love, sit down there. And I'll and I'll sort you out. I'll cook for you. You would like at least not to poison them. So are there things that you can do that are easy and will make an impression without without wrecking your head? Jack O'Keefe, how are you? Well, PJ, what's the story? All right, I'm giving you a tall order now, right? First, first, <laughs> first criterion is we don't poison anybody. Secondly, we don't wreck our own heads and spend too much time at it. But how do you impress the one you love for Valentine's Day? Come here, do what I do. Pick up the phone, ring the boys in the hillbillies and let them sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't bait fried chicken. You couldn't bait it with a long stick. No, come here. Valentine's, right? Uh, for a chef, it actually makes me twitch. I'm actually twitching right now. <laughs> just, oh, it brings back memories of Springford Hall buying greens in McCurtain Street. All those lovely nights on a Wednesday night, Valentine's Day or something, and you're just steak and, and chocolate fondant and brownies and strawberries and crushed meringue, and you're overcharging people for no reason. <laughs> That's the food world. But look, at home, like Valentine's is a great, a great uh, I suppose it's a great excuse um, to go out and shop and do something that you don't normally do and treat yourself to something nice and treat your loved one to something nice or look if you're a singleton you're living alone treat yourself mm. <laughs> you know mm. 
everyone goes for the usual, you know, your lobster, your steak, your, your oysters. Um, nothing wrong with it. Look, give yourself a trip into the English market, pop into Matt O'Connell inside, and he's sure he'll recommend you some quality oysters mm. and some quality shellfish, you know, and what they say. There's the thing, We Jack, can do it oysters. in the test ourselves. I, I, now, I have a preference. If I'm having my oysters, they've got to be off ice raw. But do people cook them? Yeah, you can deep fry them. And actually, they're delicious deep fried. Actually, ingredients we used to deep fry them in a lovely Murphy's or Beamish batter. Mm. Uh, just your usual fish and chips batter, only instead of made with beer or sparkling water, we used to use Beamish. And it's it's brilliant. With oysters, I'm just like you. I just like my oysters naked, um, just the way I like my showers, just nude. <laughs> you know, get your oyster on ice, little splash of Tabasco and lob it in the gob, swallow it back and it's done. Uh, but look, for those who want to do a bit of cooking, at Valentine's, the last thing you want to do is stress yourself out. Most people are going to do their Valentine's meal over the weekend. You know, mm. um, the last thing you want to do is after a long day of work is come home and cook a big meal. But like on Saturday night or whatever, the best thing I always do is you can't beat Italian for romantic food. You know, it's the, 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 there's a reason why on Valentine's night or any night of the year you walk past any Italian restaurant in Cork City Centre and it's jammed with mm. people. The Italians just do love very well, very passionately. Yeah. And you can't beat a bolognese or a ragu. We all know how to make it. We've all seen the recipes, you know, and you can just make it your own. And what I love to do is I love to get whole cuts of beef, not mince. Right. Like go into your butcher shop, talk to the lads in the butcher shop, tell them what you're going to do. Tell them that you want to slow roast this piece of meat and you want to pull it apart into shredded beef and you want to toss it with some fettuccine or some pappardelle pasta and cover it in parmesan. And like what I'll do is I get like a housekeeper or either probably a fattier cut to meat like a brisket or something mm. along those lines. A or brisket's a chuck, lovely slow or beef cooked. Beef cheeks is the, is the luxury. Beef cheek. Oh, it's done it. And if you were a slow cooker, it's even easier. Right. Oh, beef cheek is one of the most beautiful, most flavorful pieces of beef on the an, on the animal. Right. And all I do is I'll brown it off in a hot pan. I mean a scalding hot pan, get it brown and crispy on the outside, then put it into a casserole dish and I'd pour in maybe half a bottle of, of red wine, um, some put in like a beef stock cube, some right. boiling water from the kettle, half an onion, just cut, sorry, an onion half and cut up, leave the skin and everything on, mm. bang in a few carrots, bang in a bulb of garlic, put it all in, cover it with a lid, Put into an oven at about 160 degrees for about four to five hours. Oh, Sometimes only six. Oh, that'll melt. And that's, that'll we, melt. It'll melt. It'll fall apart in your fingers as you're trying to pull it out of the hot liquid, right? Pull out the beef, set it aside in the plate, pull it apart with your fingertips, right? Or two forks if it's still hot. And then with that beef, so that, that we, we call it a jus, with that jus then just put it into a saucepan onto the boil and reduce it down by about half so it thickens up a little bit more mm. and gets a depth of flavour. Remove all the veggies out of it and pour it in you know, and add the beef to it. And then you can kind of, you just continue in with your, another, a frying pan or a saute pan, get some good quality chopped tomatoes, put them into the pan, bring them to a bubble, add in your beef, add in your stock. Um, I wouldn't even go adding any more veg and just loads of chopped rosemary and chopped basil, mixed all together, cook off your pasta, usually yeah. about seven minutes in boiling water, salt, pick off your pasta, toss it into the pan with all that pulled beef and a lovely bottle of uh, a nice red Chianti yeah. or Valpolicella or something to finish it off and then a nice bit of tiramisu at the end. And sure. do it teamed. I always love doing teamed. I'm nice trembling talk. just listening to this. I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Because the, the, that, that, those beef cheeks are used a brisket. is fantastic. But have you a preference for, for, for type of pasta, Jack? This is everyone's argument. Everyone has a preference. Yeah, look, I, I do. And I, I'm going to actually... I, I, I'm not um, sponsored by them or anything, but I'm going to say if you go into Dunn's uh, they have a specially selected pappardelle pasta. It's like a fettuccine. It's like a ribbon, yeah. but it's thick and wide. And whatever, where, whoever they're buying it from in Italy, it is class. It's what it's on the shopping list every week. Go in there and I get it. Yeah, because um, I'm a big Tallatelli fan. I love Tallatelli. 
oh, it's it's best. Or I love um, rigatoni as well. You know, yes. it's like penne pasta. It's the it's the bigger tube. And what I find, especially with like a mincy pasta, like I had cabanara now last night, but I had it with rigatoni. And the bits of pancetta go down into the little hole. So when you pick up your pasta, you you, you think you're just eating pasta. Then all of a sudden you go, ooh, there's a bit of bacon in there. <laughs> yeah. Little simple things in life, you know, that make you smile. And it's not, and the thing <laughs> uh, about it is, Jack, apart from obviously selecting a nice cut of meat, all this stuff, it's not overly expensive. I mean, in, 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 in times when people are, you know, purses are tight, it's not overly expensive to cook nice Italian food. No, look, it's all affordable food. It's food that was like, it was kind of, the recipes were developed and it's using pieces of meat for the for the, for people below the poverty line years and years, hundreds of years ago. And it's just evolved into fashionable food now. And it's still cheap to produce. And it's stuff that you can get in any supermarket. It's the kind of stuff that you can get. Bar for the beef chicks now, the rest of everything else I said, you can get it in your petrol station on your way home. Yeah. Do you know, it's that kind of stuff. So you can get the bouquet flowers inside in the petrol station and you can get the dinner, the whole lot, one-stop shop <laughs> and fill up the car with diesel. I was just you know, saying like, here at the start of the week, you know, you know it's going to be Valentine. There won't be, a, there won't be so much as a petal left in a garage next Sunday. <laughs> I hope. 25 euro for one rose petal. Done. But <laughs> <laughs> well, come here. Just on the subject, while we're there, the subject of, of you know, buying food to cook at home in times like this which are a bit tight. Like, meat can be expensive, but just there for two seconds, Jack, that you can, there are cuts of meat that you would normally walk past and cook them properly, and they're fabulous. Like, brisket. Brisket's just magnificent. Like, I was saying this for the last few years, I'd love to do a cookbook, not based on recipes, but based on cooking techniques for that reason. So I'd like to teach people a technique rather than a recipe, because if you know a technique... It's like t- you, you, you take someone in a car somewhere. That's the only time they can ever get to that di- distance. But you teach them how to cycle a bike, they can go anywhere they want, whenever they want. And it's the same with food. So if, like, I thought, if, if you just teach someone about all these different cuts of meat and how to best cook them, and once you understand that, you can replicate that across every other edible mammal. You know, lamb, sheep, mutton, goat, beef, and so on and so on, venison and, and, and pork. And you, once you know how to braise, slow cook, when you get the lovely brown crust on the outside in the hot pan before you pop it into your hot stock. And once you understand that, you can turn meat that's cheap as chips into something that tastes better than any expensive fillet steak. You know, and the best people to actually talk about is really good butchers. So if you go into like the Tom Durkin now in the English market, like mm. Tom will start you out, say to him, tell him what your idea is that you, you, you have a craving for this or show him a picture off Instagram or social media, wherever you got your idea. And the lads will help you out. They'll, they'll tell you the best way to cook their meat because they want their meat to be the best way represented on your plate you know what I mean gotcha. Um, gotcha. and it's just brilliant like I love I love brisket I love beef cheeks I love the feather blade off yeah. the shoulder yeah. any kind of tough cheaper cuts you know the kind of cuts of meat that like my grandparents be watching me cook on TV or even at home they're like going that reminds me of being a kid when we couldn't afford the good stuff you That's know what right. I mean and you're using it now because it's cool and because it's trendy and because cook it well, and it's every bit as good as something that te- that costs three times as much. Jack, thank you very much for being with us. Jack O'Keefe, TV chef. And a bit of crack always to have him on. Thank you, Jack. 0818 9696 Fierce goo on me now for pasta. <laughs> Fierce goo on me for pasta and bolognese and all sorts of beef. Oh, stop it. Stop it. The Machias are at it again this weekend. They've got their Valentine's Cabaret, which I'm told, Candy Warhol, is it strictly for adults only? Good morning. 
Hi, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, um, our one is adults only. It is an adult show in Cypress Avenue. But the same day, we're doing a family-friendly Valentine's br- drag brunch in Chambers at 12 and 2. So we're busy that day. We're catering yeah. to all of Cork. That'd be cool. Let's talk about the cabaret because you're all there in all your finery. We will be there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we have a brilliant mix of um, drag burlesque live comedy performers from like all over Ireland are coming down and we're doing a live blind date game as well with the audience so someone's going to get married by the end of that show hopefully me oh really are you you on the lookout (laughs) you are I am. I mean, I'm single now. It's been a long two years of the lockdown. So we're going to play with three audience members. And when the queens were like, who are we uh, Who are we pairing them with? And I was like, me. Thank you very much. So oh. we'll see by the end of the show. Oh, I thought you'd be doing Scylla. You know, I'd be... T- <laughs> I forced one of the other queens to do that. I thought it'd be kind of gas to to be paired off, and then we're going to go straight into a wedding and get married live on stage. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so you you could be taking your life in your hands here on Sunday night in the same. I think so. I think so. I mean, we're all about subtlety at Machia, which you can guess, you know. <laughs> it's going really well. I remember the first time we we talked, you were doing something. Was it in Fitzgerald's Park? Like it is a huge, huge success. It's really, really taking off. I'm really, really proud. Like, we're coming into our fifth year now, and we've gone from doing really, really small, like, pop-up nights in the Poor Relation and the Crane Lane to now we're doing stuff all over Ireland. And we had a documentary on RTE. They did a show about us. And it's just brilliant because the last time I spoke to you, it was Fistrels Park, and it was outdoor events only. Mm. And then last week was our first proper show back in Cypress Avenue, and we did an ABBA night. And just to see the whole crowd, no mm. restrictions, they're all dancing and laughing and just great. having a brilliant time. For me, that's what it's all about. And so isn't I can't it, wait. Isn't it so great that a Cork group like this, when you consider, like, do you know, Danny LaRue, the queen of them all, mm-hmm. coming from yeah. Cork... You know, it, yeah. it must be great to, to, to be following in the footsteps of, of somebody like that. So I'm so incredibly proud. Like, uh, I, I still remember, like, when I was a kid and I found out I was related to him, I was like, okay, like, no pressure. Were you related <laughs> to Danny? Like, yeah, it's my granduncle. Ah, get away. I never knew that. You might have told oh, me not Yeah. Wow. I, I, I think I might have said that before. Yeah, so literally glitter in the veins, no pressure at all, trying to <laughs> trying to follow in his footsteps. But to, to be honest, I've performed like all over Ireland and, and the UK. When I came home to Cork, starting the group and then to see us kind of like really taking off, it makes me so proud of being from Cork because uh, for years, the, all the, the big, big drag scene, you know, would have been in Dublin and London. Yeah. So now the fact that this is happening in Cork and we're kind of putting it on the map and, you know, we're on RT and the BBC came and Brilliant. called us one of the top 10 and, and you're on the biggest Ireland. show in Cork Brilliant. come on now <laughs> come on I mean, <laughs> listen it's great to talk to you again Kenny I must get along to a show soon because I, I used to love Danny and, and actually do you know who yeah. was a pal of mine at one stage too was, uh, was Alan Mr. Pussy. Oh, stop. Yeah, Brilliant. I've been oh, for a few years. Yeah, and myself and himself and Dave Gordon used to hang around having oh, pints. Oh, my yeah. God. I've met them all. Yeah, yeah absolute yeah, gents. Yeah. And an absolute laugh. We must, come, we must get, get along to a show soon. Listen, that's great. Candy Warhol, have a good show on Sunday, the Machia Valentine's Cabaret. Right, I picked this out earlier on and we haven't bettered it. Pam, what's your headline? The Irish Republic. The Irish Republic. You see, that's getting it now. Headlines are supposed to be short and snappy and quick. The Irish Republic. Well, what I have for you is a 500 euro one for all voucher. 
Thanks so much. And, and be- it's been great fun all week doing. They might be texting them in all, all week. Yeah, I've it's seen them. Fun. No, that one just jumped off the page today. Well done. Uh, Mount Eden Road Thank in Gronabar. That's Pam. Uh, she's our winner of 500 euro at the end of the week with Board Gosh Energy. And thanks to them. And thanks to you for your fabulous hundreds and hundreds of entries during the week. It's been so hard to pick a winner every day. Um, but it's great. And uh, that's it. My God, it's been a busy one. We covered many subjects this morning, some of them which we didn't realise we were going to cover at all. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. See you Monday just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie you're listening to highlights from the opinion line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.